Chapter 20 As I did her bidding, and then sat there cross-legged across from her, she closed her eyes, but mine stayed open. I was eagerly anticipating Mahi and, at the same time, feeling captivated by this old woman's almost radiant presence. My mind seemed to be focusing on something about her appearance that was so very familiar. I realized what it was. She looked so much like another very old woman I'd known. Abierta's eyes opened suddenly. She caught me staring at her and cocked her head. Her long white hair was tied back behind her neck with a simple rubber band, just like my Baja friend had done her hair. What is it? she said. Tell me who you were focused on just then. Oh, um, it's nothing, I told her. Just someone you remind me of. What's happening with Mahi? We are currently negotiating several complications. Listen, I told her. I think she should just get out of here. Right now, I can take her back up north. Juan, please, relax. We are being very careful, and this will be all over in just a few days. Bernardo will be properly dealt with. A la Nueva is not just a saying. We shall have peace on our holy lake once again. And Maha, she is very careful. But, I said, she came swimming right into the hot springs just after the police were there. She could have been... Yes, that was all well planned. And she is now being very careful, coming here through one of the back tunnels. When she arrives, I will finally tune in to the jade piece. And then we will discover what power and message and intent the jade holds for us. And then, I pushed. Then you and Mahi will go along another tunnel to a sacred place. A ceremonial cave where she with you, with your Nokalito presence, will perform what is required. We are, as always, just moving with the flow. So, tell me now, who do I remind you of? Um, she was called La Vieja, up at an old ranch in Baja. My granddad took me there a bunch of times on his cattle buying trips. Then, one winter I went there on my own, my first solo vacation. And something happened on that trip? Yeah, something happened. This might be important, she said, and we perhaps have a speck of time free, just you and me. I request that you relax and tell me what happened in Baja. Take your time. Lucid details always count. Okay, then. This was ten years ago, spring break from college. I borrowed my dad's souped-up camper for the first time and crossed the border at Tijuana. Um, is this too much detail? Please, Juan. Continue. And so, without any forethought, I told her how I'd headed south into Baja 
aiming to spend my first night with a local ranching family that Gramps had introduced me to when I was just six or seven on one of his cattle buying trips. I fueled up with Mexican gas at El Rosario and headed south for a few more hours until I found a vague right turn onto a side road two miles past the San Antonio Pemex station. The vague dirt road led off into a desolate nowhere without any fences, houses, or other signs of life to indicate that an entire tiny bubble of humanity existed 18 miles up that dusty jeep track in the low mountains to the west. Driving into the hacienda amidst a flurry of dogs and kids, I climbed down from the camper expecting some adults to come out of the main building or from the corrals and barns, to greet me as usual. But even though there were half a dozen beat-up pickups parked under some trees by the creek, I stood there, surrounded by children and canines, but without the usual adult handshakes, backslaps, and hugs. I'd brought a whole bunch of things for the kids, as usual before crossing the border, and I let one of the older girls hand out the goodies. Hey, what's up? ¿Qué pasa? I asked her in Spanish. Where is everybody? Oh, she said. La vieja. She's fading. Everyone's inside. I walked uncertainly over to the main house. The door opened and Carolina, la vieja's younger daughter, who was about sixty herself, took my hand and led me through the darkened living room, where ten or twelve people were sitting quietly. Carolina took me right on into the back bedroom, where I found another dark hush of relatives sitting or standing around the old high-post bed. Carolina led me forward to the bedside. My breath tightened at the sight of the tiny ancient woman in the bed. She looked nearly dead already. She and Gramps, they'd had a special relationship that went way back to who knows what kind of intimacy. He used to head down here every winter and settle in here at the ranch for four or five days as if he was kin. Her eyes opened slowly, and she looked up at me for a very long time, then whispered something I couldn't hear. I had to lean forward into the smell of death and put my ear right down close to her lips. I remember her tiny, bony fingers gripping my arm as she hissed something up at me. I still couldn't make out any of the words. I assumed she was speaking her native Yaqui. Her eyes gaped at me wide with some inner urgency. Her voice was barely audible, whispering something over and over. Her grip on my arm loosened. I was afraid she was going to die right then but she only relaxed, a faint smile crossing her parched lips, and then dropped off into slumber. Someone had my arm again, leading me out. The relative brightness of the living room hurt my eyes. Carolina took me into the kitchen and got me a beer from the same fridge that Gramps and I had brought down for them, along with some solar panels when I was twelve. Did you understand what she said? Carolina asked me. No, not quite. She said, stay alive, 
little white one. Be like us. You must choose. Hmm, I said. You know she loved your grandfather. They were like sister and brother or more. Your arrival today, this is special. She was waiting. Would you like to sleep in the house tonight? I'm okay in the camper, like usual, up the creek. She went back into La Vieja. Then everybody settled into eating dinner out on the patio. Carolina kept bringing tacos, frijoles, burritos, enchiladas. I expected to encounter intense feelings of despair and grief among the family, but instead their eyes seemed softly aglow with some uplifting emotion I couldn't quite fathom. I left the house feeling an immense heaviness in my body and drove my camper up the jeep track a quarter mile along the gorge to the spring where Gramps had always made his camp. The spring was a veritable font of youth, bursting forth from the innards of the earth through a narrow crack in the canyon wall. I allowed the children who'd followed me up to giggle and chat around me for a while. Then I asked them firmly to let me be alone because of my feelings for the Ancient One. And then the sun was gone. It was almost dark. I seemed to have a vague fever, like I might be getting sick with the flu or something. I went over to the cold pool beside the spring, and without thinking, totally immersed my head down into the water until I felt I'd burst, then came gasping up for air. Climbing into the camper, I got out of most of my clothes and lay down under the covers. I must have fallen asleep, because suddenly I sat bolt upright, awakened by a penetrating high-pitched scream. It seemed to have come from close by. I sat listening for it to come again. Total silence. Unable to hold still or stay confined in the camper's interior, I pulled on my pants, shirt, and boots, opened the door, and jumped out. The moon was up high over my head. I felt a premonition about La Vieja, and wanted to hurry down to the hacienda to find out what was going on. I got about a hundred yards on foot down the trail before my forward motion came to a swift halt. The trail ahead was dark, and some instinctive part of me said, No, don't walk through that darkness. The sound I'd heard could have been a cougar up on a limb in one of those trees. I returned to my camper and sat on the bed. If the old woman had died, then that was that. There was no reason for me to intrude upon the family in the middle of the night. I sat for a while in the darkness, not doing anything, just quietly breathing. Then, without the slightest slippage of my inner sense of reality, I felt my physical body shifting into a quite different position, and found myself standing barefoot on cool tiles at the left side of La Vieja's bed. The light was dim, just three candles flickering over on a dresser. The distinct smell of the room struck my nostrils, 
To my left, a woman was dozing in a chair. It was Carolina. I looked back down upon the tiny old woman, and with a jolt, found her eyes wide open, staring right up at me. All tension now seemed gone from her face. She looked so beautiful, so young right then, as if I was seeing her when she was a girl. Tears came flooding down from my eyes and blurred everything. My heart felt as if it was softly melting, gently flowing down into this woman's open heart. She raised her hand to me and, without hesitating, I took it. Her fingers were warm and soft in my hand. You must love yourself, Juanito mío, she whispered to me gently in Spanish. You must be open. You have the good work to do. We shall be with you. As she held my eyes, a breeze flickered the candles. My nerves tensed, expecting something momentous to happen. But she just gently let go of my hand. Her eyes looked directly upward. Her mouth was open in wonder as her hands lifted upward from the bed. She inhaled deeper and deeper, holding up her frail fingers to the heavens. Then her eyes closed and her hands drifted down. So, I said to Abierta, I've never known what all that meant. In fact, I've never told anyone about it until now. But looking at you, it all came back to me. Abierta didn't say anything. She just cocked her head with a most peculiar expression on her lips. I heard footsteps hurrying toward us. Abierta nodded to me, and I jumped up to open the door, and just like that, in walked Mahi. I'd been so lost in my story about La Vieja that I'd momentarily forgotten all about her. She was carrying a wool bag with a black yarn eagle or hawk woven in a white background. Panting from exertion, she barely glanced at me as she turned her eyes to Abierta. The whole world out there, everything feels so dense, she said to her in Spanish. But I see I'm in time. And without further ceremony, she sat down on the rug, brought the jade piece out from her bag, and placed it irreverently upright on the rug. Half a minute passed. Then another half minute, with all of us focusing our full attention on the jade erection. My mind flashed to the first time I saw it, up at the museum. And just then, I got jolted by a sudden gasp. The old woman's body had become frozen and her breathing had stopped altogether. Finally, she inhaled sharply through her nose and blinked several times, looking around as if emerging from a deep trance. No, she said finally in a whisper, mostly to herself. After so much bother, it carries absolutely nothing for me. 
So, I shall drop my focus. This is your moment, Mahi. This is no longer my responsibility. I shall now remain in this room until it is finished. Then we shall come together again. This is exactly what Ala Nueva means. Change is not predictable. I now hand this all to you, Mahi. I have become the witness, no longer a participant. I can give you my blessing, and that is all. But the information it contains, this must surely be of importance, Mahi said urgently. Hear me now. There is no Ala Nueva value or higher purpose for me to act upon here. I have just now felt to my core. I am to sit here, I shall be with you, and we shall meet later. This stone's resonance is of a nature that I lack the strength to look into, but I assure you, it shall surely do what it shall do, and so shall you. Mahi's expression crashed. But you told me... Abierta raised her hand for silence. Again and again, she said softly, we must learn to accept that life is full of jolting surprises and even total reversals. I no longer choose to engage. You are a grown woman. This is the time for you to take the lead. But what about Alejandro and Bernardo? I myself went to talk earnestly with Alejandro earlier today, Abierta told her. I went through the tunnel that goes to his family. It was the first time he and I had been alone since we were, since I chose Raphael instead of him. And I must report that Alejandro, he truly has a deep male sickness of the soul. He struck me with his stick. He must be disengaged and removed. This much at least is clear. You must take this stone inward to the depths of Kaban. Allow spirit to decide how you proceed. For myself, I am suddenly feeling strangely detached in my heart. Perhaps like Juanito's story of La Vieja, I am on the verge of letting go the power. But, Mahi insisted, I brought this piece down here specifically for you, not me, to use to counteract Alejandro and Bernardo. Abierta's eyes were now glistening with emotion. She slowly shook her head. No, was all she said. Then how are we to continue, Mahalena begged her. The old woman stared into space. Perhaps nothing at all continues after we dismiss and destroy the old. That is always the risk. I have told you so many times. But you also said that we were both called to the priesthood, Mahi reminded her, called to reawaken the ancient upward thrust of female presence. 
Yes, and we shall find a way somehow, but not through that stone. Mahi sat back a moment, stared the jade piece down, and then turned and looked back to her teacher. I'm feeling so confused, she said. Because there is one part of the past that still holds me. While in the museum last week, I spontaneously called out to Nokalito, using the ancient meditation you taught me. And in that same hour, when I recovered this piece, Nokalito just appeared right in front of me. Then yesterday, I must tell you, quite spontaneously at the hot springs, I came alive and made my own surrender. I have now received him. I feel life within me, new life, not yet physical, but at some level awakened. Only then did Mahi turn her head and look right at me. Ah, Abierta spoke up, her tone becoming more animated. This perhaps changes everything. This becomes quite interesting. The true flow remains impeccable. Constantly hold in mind that the female principle gains its strength through becoming perfectly still and effortlessly allowing the universe to unfold however it so chooses. Now, go with that stone and discover what the universe has chosen for us. This is the time for you two to rise and act. We heard the sound of scuffling feet outside, and then an urgent banging on the door. Mai jumped up to open the portal, and in came that ponytail guy. Mahi, you're needed outside, he grumbled, for a decision. You must come now. Go with him, Abierta ordered. I will send Juan with Lucita ahead through the tunnels. You can meet them over there in one hour. Now go, 